Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What the hell? Why did Uncle Enos, why did he want the Bengals to win? He lives here in the Bay Area. Dad, what is up? With that, I'm looking right here at uh, oddsshark.com, the betting history. Niners favored by one in that really? game. Really? Yeah, by one. This is according to oddsshark.com. I thought for sure they were the dog. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Uh, Niners by one, over under a 48, 26 21, your final. 26 21, yeah. 47. So, pay so the under. There you go. But barely. So the thing was, though, it took me it took me a while to sort of get my dad to admit what was going on. Oh no! And I didn't because I'm like, why? I don't. Why would he? What did the Niners do to him? Like, what the hell? The Bengals? The hell's he doing? He's never even been to Cincinnati. What's he doing there? And I, I don't know if it was late that night or the next day or whatever. But my dad kind of looked at me. Dad, I think he had a little something on that. A little something on the game, you know. What does that mean, Dad? Yeah, what is this? What? <laughs> he had what on the game? What does that mean? <laughs> so, yeah, Uncle was betting on Cincinnati. Come on, Uncle. Taking the point. Yeah. And he didn't went home unhappy. No. That was a big L. Yeah. That was a big L. It's just, man, Niners <laughs> favored over Miami by three and a half cover. Favored by seven over Cincinnati the second time. No cover. No cover. Favored by 12 over Denver. Cover four times. Ottoman. Yep. They won by 45. Uh, favored by 18 and a hook Jesus. over San Diego. That's a cover. Can you imagine that now? I don't think something could exist. An 18-point spread in the Super Bowl? There's no, there is no scenario where that would exist anymore. The last time there was a double-digit favorite in the Super Bowl was... Manning gets away. Tyree, helmet. Oh. First down. They were favored by 12. And they lost. Outright. Jeez. Outright. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen again. Not 18. St. Louis by 14 over New England. Uh, Tommy. Tommy's first. They won that and one they outright. Won. They won outright. Outright. Yeah. Um, Green Bay by 11 over Denver. Denver wins outright. These are the last three double digits. Um, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HC1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube powered by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application process. Um, let's go to uh, Joe in San Jose. Hey, Joe, what are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey. Uh, I... Uh I just want to say I'm like I'm like you. I'm 49 years old. Uh, I, I was eight years old for Super Bowl 16. Um, I have fuzzy memories of the catch as well. Um, my favorite memory, or my first major memory for the Niners, was Super Bowl 16. That goal line stands. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching that with my dad, and 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 my dad. Standing up and cheering and throwing the popcorn at the bucket off his leg and going nothing finer than a forty nine er and I learned that expression then when I was when I was a kid. Uh, I love that moment. I watch the games now with my son. My son is fifteen years old, and and I I want this Super Bowl this year for him so badly because uh, I want him to know what that's like. Uh, he did get to grow up with a sports dynasty with the Warriors, uh, which was awesome. But I I want I want this football for him so bad um my favorite super bowl memory though has got to be super bowl 23 30 seconds left montana to taylor uh pulling that pulling that victory out Ugh. um that, that was uh 
that was just the best. You know I, what, I, I uh, Joe? Yes, it was. And and two things about that game. And Joe, thank you so much. I hope for your kids and mine and everybody of a certain age. I hope we get this one. That drive by Joe Montana, famously where he looks up and there's John Candy in the stands, and he goes, "Hey, look, John Candy," and then looks at the team and goes, "All right, you guys want to get the Super Bowl ring? Let's go get it right now." And stays Joe cool through the whole thing. A couple things about it. they replayed it on NFL Network when I was sick last week. So when I was like just laid out with a fever and you had my back in here, I'm watching Joe Montana bring the Niners down the field and win a Super Bowl. And it was... And you were so feverish, you weren't sure if they were going to pull it out. I caught the fever. <laughs> I caught the fever for the flavor of the Niners. Look at you. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, look, it, it still had all the feels. I still felt for Sam Weish yet again, uh, the head coach of the Bengals, watching this thing crumble. But beautiful drive and all of the emotions come out and then something else also occurred to me if joe montana did that drive today people would have showed up the next day to call him a game manager i'm telling you man dink 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 yak yak a lot of yak dink dink all the way down the field. There was the one crossing route to Jerry Rice where it looked like he was going to break free and run it all the way into the end zone, but there was a touchdown saving tackle just at the high red zone. But it was a lot of hey, Roger Dodger. It was a lot of boop, boop, five yards, six yards, boop, boop. Eight, seven, seven. There you go. Craig for one, Craig for four. Jerry for 17 on a pass. That's the one. Roger for 13, incomplete. Uh, we had illegal man downfield, Randy yep. Cross. Randy. Uh, together. Second and 20 at the 45 with a minute 17 to go. And he hits Jerry for 27. There you go. Then Roger for 8 and then JT for 10, night, night. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. Um, a lot of Jerry and Roger. He was just running a system, though. Yeah. <laughs> distributing it, distributing the ball to his great players. That's all he was doing. I don't even know why we gave him any credit for it. <laughs> the system was, where's number 80? Stupid. Um, ben in Newark. Hey, Ben, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, uh, it's hard to follow Claire Bolt. Uh, oh, my God. Maybe we just have a, a podcast for new heights like Trap and Basin. I tell you what's the, you know what actually Ben I had real high hopes for you because yeah. I wasn't going to compare you to Cheryl Bosa or Claire Bosa Either. or any of those people but your phone does not allow us to hear your voice and that is actually what ended up taking you down. Call back Ben we'll yeah, get you to the front of the line. Definitely. Um, let's go to Jeff in San Jose. Hi Jeff what are you doing? Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Great. So, so my great uh, memory of Super Bowl 16, I actually got to be there. I, I was a kid, so I lived in Chicago at the time. My uncle lived in Michigan, and for Christmas, I found out, holy cow, I'm going to the Super Bowl. Uh, it was crazy. And that was in the um traffic getting there was horrible <laughs> and with my dad's like you know we're gonna miss the kickoff and so he actually drove on the shoulder for probably five miles i was like oh my god my dad's actually doing this this is nuts we're gonna get pulled over by a cop <laughs> uh get in there it, it was phenomenal um we had end zone seats and the, if you guys remember the cover of sports illustrated i think it was earl cooper yes the ball in the end zone number 49 yeah. uh, we were in the we were in the opposite end zone, so I always kid people that, hey, I'm on the cover of Sports Illustrated, even <laughs> though I'm a little stack. But, uh, yeah, uh, our tickets were, I want to say the tickets were like 100 bucks, and it was when, obviously, Super Bowls weren't all that big, but, uh, yeah, fun uh, fun memory. Uh, Jeff, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. That was the iconic photo where it looked like whoever was taking the picture was almost like underneath Earl Cooper, who wore number 49. 
Um, and so it was very, it was iconic and it was very apropos. The 49ers surprised everybody that season. Joe Montana bursts onto the scene. Bill Walsh becomes a household name. And there's number 49 breaking through into the end zone on a short pass, breaks a tackle at the goal line, goes in and then has a leaping spike of the football. And there's a cameraman who caught it from literally like right underneath it. And it became a photo that I'm sure for, I mean, for me, for 49er fans, if you've been around for a minute, um, that's that's a photo you never ever forget. I'm looking at it right now, yeah. and it's uh, the date on the SI cover is Feb 1, 1982. So as of tomorrow, it will be 42 years ago. Cooper up high with the left hand, yep. doing a little bit of a scissor kick as there's a Bengal uh, lineman on his stomach. 57 is walking away, and the the caption is Earl Cooper's TD jolts the Bengals. And yeah, the uh, the photographer feels like he's right there, like a right there underneath him. And by and my memory is doing weird things on this. I feel like Earl Cooper switched to number forty nine that year. Maybe wore number eighty nine before that. Was there some sort of position change? Wide receiver to tight end, tight end to fullback, something like that. The number rules were different back then for sure um stricter and, yeah absolutely much stricter so if you were a tight end you had to wear something in the 80s so he switched i think i want to say from like tight end to fullback or something like that according so to he, pro football reference he wore 49 throughout that year and okay. then he switched to 89 then, the okay, next it's year the other way it's the other way yeah the next Got year it. he became a tight end that's what it was and so he went to 89 the following year but he was he was a fullback and 49 was his number, and then 89, and then he eventually wore 86 with the Raiders. Yeah. The Los Angeles Raiders. Um, so is it uh, Gristylzer, uh on YouTube who says, yeah, Earl Cooper, they eventually converted from the running back yeah. to a tight end. So he went from 49 to 89. Again, I was seven, so I didn't know if I was remembering that right, but I remembered something about yeah. that number switch. you got to be better as a seven-year-old. Thank you. I will try. Well, Next nowadays, it's completely, and I, I'm, I'll spend 10 seconds on this and say, I kind of miss the old days, and I know I love the young people. I'm old-fashioned, but Roquan Smith, great linebackers wearing number zero. Can we, I, I miss the days where you could look at a guy's number, and you could know what position he plays. Um, That's all. Well, you still, you, to a degree, you Randy Gregory can. wears number five. Yeah, He's but it's not, it's not any number, though. It's not like you can just do whatever the hell you want. Right, but the only players that are beholden to a certain number group is offensive linemen. They have to wear between 50 and 69. Well, there are rules for you, but like a wide receiver, they just expanded they the rules. Yeah. They can't, a wide receiver can't wear 35. You can wear anything from 0 to 50. I know, I think it's 0 to 19 or in the 80s. Like the, a wide receiver can't wear 92. Right. I don't right. think a wide receiver can wear 72 or 62 or right. even 52 or 42. But I think it's, it's, it's single digits, teens, and 80s. I think. Yeah, maybe 20s, too, and 20s and 30s, depending on... so. Who's the wide receiver wearing 20 or 30-something? Well, and again, I mean, yeah, in I positionless so. football, you can be a running back well, who's really sure, a wide receiver. Sure, Debo gets to wear whatever he wants. 19 problems. Love it. <laughs> Uh, it's Warrior Wednesday brought to you by Freedman's Appliance. Trusted name since 1922. Visit com today. I'm having a blast hearing all these stories. So keep them coming. 888-957-9570. Steve Kerr at 5 o'clock. This is Willard and Dibs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
That is correct. In 42 minutes, we'll talk to Coach. Happy wanna, Coach, yeah, finally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Happier, anyway. How many times this year have we gotten to talk to him the day after a win? You got to Google it, but it's been maybe four or five I in a row. Say, of, three or four. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been tough. And last night, nice win. Good win. Yeah. They played well. And, you know, they had a lead, and they held the lead. They didn't lose the lead, and they weird. didn't lose the yeah. game, which is kind of cool. <laughs> well, Steph was fantastic. Jonathan Kaminga has become very, very consistent. Draymond Green called him a star uh, after the game. Sure, the Sixers were wounded. Tyrese Maxey was out. Joel Embiid was not full speed and then was knocked out of the game. So we take all that into account, but... I look at everything right now. We'll get back to Niners here in just a sec, but I look at everything through the lens of the trade deadline, which is now, what, nine nine days away? Eight days away? Eight days. Okay. So I think the Warriors about a month ago were like, we don't want to trade Jonathan Kaminga. And I'm sure that that emotion has only grown, but I wonder if it's grown completely out of the building. In other words... I've been in the camp as well the whole time where I'm like, I hope they don't trade Jonathan Kaminga. But there were times over the last two months where depending on what your goal was, like if you're, are you still trying to win this year? What is it you're trying to set up financially for years to come? This is a complex puzzle for the Warriors right now. And I don't know if there are a lot of great answers but it feels like, and I can remember talking about this with you about five, six weeks ago, I kept using the word information. Every game is information and an opportunity for these players to go out and sort of shape the narrative about him. Nobody has handled that better than Jonathan Kaminga. I would argue his play over the last five weeks has had him arrive at Untouchableville. It is a ville. It's and, a bill. And I think he's there. Well, there's only don't one you, resident of that bill. Steph Curry is the mayor well, of Untouchableville. But that's why I bring it up. Shams has brought up a bunch of times, all people not named Curry. You sure? I, the, the, Jonathan Kaminga, I would hope, is not on the block. I would hope that Kaminga is not on the block. If you trade Kaminga, then you would have to trade a high-priced somebody else to bring in a real impactful guy who's going to help you not only now but in the future as well and if you do that does it make you a championship team more than what you have right now i don't see what that trade could possibly be agreed in terms of who you might get back and the way he's playing and the praise he's getting from draymond green and others makes me think also he's an untouchable vill but the more i look at this team the more i think that they're not going to make any trade Outside of maybe a Chris Paul shuttle for another veteran who's on an expiring, a guy who can actually help you and play now. I don't think you're trading anybody. You're not trading Wiggins, I don't think. Well, I mean, that's the one that everybody sort of has been thinking, yeah, like that's the one you want to move on from. But it has changed. His play has been really good. Uh, Steve Kerr telling you guys last week that Draymond Green has unlocked the ability for Kaminga and Wiggins to play together. And if that's the case, then you do start to wonder, not so much, oh, are they a, a contender again? They're not. But what's the point of uh, these trades that you want to make? What's the point? Right. Like, well, trade Chris Paul for an expiring deal. He is an expiring deal. Right. Trade Clay for an expiring deal. He is an expiring deal. So what's the point? Are you trying to, like, win now? And, and, and if you are, there's someone out there that's going to do that better than some of the guys that you already have continuity with? And if you're trying to open up finances for the future, I'd argue that already exists. So I still think there may be a move. Because the Warriors feel like they should make a move. But I'm in agreement with you that it is not very obvious what that move is. There's not a lot that makes any sense. Right. They're in a real weird spot. They're in a spot where you hope to get acquisitions at the deadline in terms of Chris Paul and GP2. 
And if they get healthy and you still believe that your team is good enough to make a run, then you don't make a trade. And that, to me, comes more from Mike Dunleavy Jr. and those above him, including Joe Lacob. I think Steve Kerr already believes that. So does Mike Dunleavy think that as well? Does the Brain Trust think that if you get GP2 back and Chris Paul back, that with this new Kaminga and with Andrew Wiggins playing like he used to, are you good enough to make a run? If they think that's a yes from them, dog, then you're not going to make a trade. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't know. Like, every time somebody throws one of these, you know. I've been on Zach the Levine. Oh, God. Zach Levine. Like, what are you doing? For what? Right. For what? Like you're For Clay. Okay. Great. So, another scorer who... You don't like the way Clay's defense has declined, so let's get someone who's never played defense ever in his life and can lock up big money for like four more years yeah. instead of one. And you'll find people, I mean, I guess on social media you can find anything. But you'll find, oh, yeah, Zach Levine. It's like the worst idea you could possibly come up with. Zach Levine on the Warriors. From eight different angles, it's the worst idea you could possibly come up with in any way, shape, or form. But I get it. He's a name, and he's put the ball in the bucket before. So, yay. Horrible idea. I'm with you. Zero fit. People love it. He's younger. He's got that ha-ha. He can fill it up. The Clinton Dicks. Totally. That's what I call it. Thank you. Ha-ha Clinton Dicks. Ha-ha. You know. Coming off an eight-point performance at Toronto oh, in a win. Superb. <laughs> Restaurant quality. That's why the more we think I mean, about, like, and we'll get back to the Niners here in 30 seconds, but the idea of what trade could you make, I don't see a trade that makes you better now and or makes you more financially flexible in the future. I just don't the, see the it. The only thing is if Wiggins is playing his way into a real contender being like, we want that guy, and the Warriors see someone who can come in and maybe take a little bit more of a back seat in a wing position alongside Kaminga and have that contract expire quicker than Andrews does. Yeah. I could see that. But I don't know if that exists. Does that exist with the Dallas Mavericks? That's a team that, that's reportedly had eyes for Wiggins. I don't know. I don't know. They, the, like the, the, the paths to a trade for the Warriors are so narrow. There's, there's just not a lot out there that makes any sense. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Willard and Dibs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. We would be so thankful if you did. While you're there, you can check out all the great content from our other shows, like Brian Baldinger on with the Morning Roast yesterday, Hunter Pence on with us yesterday, Cheryl Bosa on with us earlier today, uh, Steve Kerr on with us in 34 minutes. GPD is on the line, ladies and gentlemen. Say hello to Grandpa Daddy and Hayward. Grandpa Daddy, what are you doing? Hey, how you guys doing, man? <laughs> Couldn't be oh, better. Hear your voice. Same to you. Hey, hey, the game. Check this out. So, yeah, at halftime, we had a watch party at my mom's house. So we're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> my <laughs> And my niece, my niece's son, he's 10 years old, dude. He's a running back for peewee football, and he's a linebacker. Hardcore 49er fan, right? And at halftime, he took off his hat and he took off his jersey. And he went outside and said, I'm done. He was almost crying. <laughs> and, and his mom, my niece, Deja, she says, you can't do that. She goes, everybody. And then she, in the room, she told the whole room, there's like 20 people. She says, stop pouring negative energy into this, into existence. It's only the first half. We can still do it. What's wrong with you people? She says, please breathe positive energy into this. She gets the watch party game ball. Hmm. I tell you what. <laughs> sounds like sounds like Hunter Pence would really, really enjoy uh, your uh, your family member, GPD. <laughs> hey, one more thing, Mark. 
Yes. Hey, how about my 50 bucks? Woo! Did I, I That's right. Bucks. Oh, I remember your 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. It is, it His is, daughter spent it four months <laughs> exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. We got smoothies and ice cream. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We put it. It's right. I still know exactly where it is. I know exactly where that $50 bill is. And it is awaiting an answer coming up here in a week and a half. Baby, I want to tell you guys, I got your presents. They've been sitting in my, on my armoire since Christmas, still wrapped in Christmas paper. I'm coming Tuesday. I'm going to text Matt. Matt told me to text you or whenever. Okay. Okay, Tuesday it is. GPD, I mean, I don't, I don't ever want to sound expectant, but you've mentioned these things like 14 times, and so now I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Love you guys, man. <laughs> Thank Grandpa you. Daddy. Take care of those kids out yeah, there, Grandpa Daddy. We love you too, GPD. Yeah. Grandpa Daddy. Um, that's just another story of what people did at halftime. And it, it, it is funny, like, because as we said, I mean, I think even, even though, now actually, people like Hunter Pence, you actually can't talk them out of this. Like, they do. They, they, they believe at such a level that they believe that they had an effect on what actually happened in the game. Cheryl Bosa, too. Um, that's right. I, they they moved were switching around, seats. And, and once it started going well, they could not move again. Right. Stick that's, and stay. That's fair, though. But I think it's not like, I think it's two different things. You don't actually walk out of there with a rational thought of, like, we did that. But I, I just get it because, to me, it's fun. It's fun, and I am a believer in the positive energy in the room. I just believe that that affected the positive energy in our room, not theirs. Sure. I didn't put Christian McCaffrey in the end zone because my daughter came over and changed the energy. You did. It helped us, though. Ayuk doesn't make that catch unless your daughter comes over and sits on the couch on her phone for two hours. That's a fact. (laughs) You know, if Ella's not on TikTok in your house, Ayuk bobbles that and he drops it. Maybe. If Cheryl Bosa doesn't switch seats at halftime, if Grandpa Daddy doesn't shake it up at his watch party, if my friend Angie doesn't sit in the kitchen the whole time, if I don't shoo my 16-month-old into the other room, all these things collectively led to that win. You well, know it, Mark. I, I, like, I was actually going to, I did. I put this out on Twitter earlier today, and I was going to mention it to our audience, and I mean it. You can, uh, you can hit me up on any platform out there that you know. Uh, where you can get a hold of us. Uh, but the lovely Christy and I are like, let's go do something special for the Super Bowl. Like, we're going to go just get away. We're just going to go get away for an overnight. Um, because, quite frankly, as much as I love everybody in the watch parties, to actually have that when the Niners are in the game feels almost too distracting. It feels like too much. And so we're like, let's go get away. So I'm like, okay, so where does that put us? So if you've got any ideas of, like, really cool watch party experience, it could be big, small, or anything in between, I'd love to hear about it. You know, Bay Area extended. We don't mind going on a little bit of drive. I'd like it to be in the state of California. But would love... Now, some of the people responded to me, though, and went, no, you need to be right back where you were for the NFC title game. So, like... We've been taking these calls all week of what you did to change the energy at halftime. Yeah. Do a lot of you now extend that to the Super Bowl? Like, everyone's got to go, same people, same clothing, same position, same room. I don't know. To me, every game is it's, it's a new entity. I get that. Different energy. Yeah. And I, I also am thinking about that in terms of the way you're laying that out. Because last Super Bowl that the Niners were in, I went to my man Justin Sanchez's house, as previously discussed. Yes, Super Bowl party. great Super Bowl party. And the Niners lost. And so... I've mentioned Justin, who's a captain in the Oakland Fire Department, many times, and I'm sure he's listening if he's not on call. And he already extended the invite to me and the lovely supper and our baby for Super Bowl. But I thought about it in terms of what you've been talking about, the energy and all that. The last time I was at his house for the Super Bowl (laughs) was when the Niners lost Lost to the Chiefs. Chiefs. So if I go back to his house for the Super Bowl... Am I destined to relive the same experience mm. against the same opponent? Or are you going back to the scene of the crime to fix it? Exactly. 
I mean, that's what Nick Bosa wanted, according to Cheryl. Right. He wanted the Chiefs again. I think you should go to Justin's house, dibs. I want the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> I want, the, like, you know, he wants the Chiefs. He wants Miss to play. Piggy, we're going to Justin's. <laughs> hey, Fozzie. Grab my briefcase. He wants to do it again. Right. Uh, and I, you know, okay. I would like to also do it again, but at the same time, I don't want to go there and have the Niners be up by 10 and be elbow deep wow. in. You know, in chips and dip and the ten layer and the ten layer dip and have the whole thing happen again. I'd feel responsible. By the way, that's totally happening. Like, they're going to be up ten. They're going to be up ten in the fourth quarter. You all get that, right? You said it yesterday. Does everybody understand I, that? It's uncomfortable, but the I don't Niners think you're will wrong. be up by ten in the fourth quarter. Like that's happening. And then Mahomes gets the ball. Oh God! Here we go. Buckle the bleep up. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Uh, I'm not ready for whatever we are. Me neither, but if I offered it to any one of you, you'd all say yes. Because it means the Niners are up by 10 in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. I wonder about that. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seven. Would you rather be you'd up rather 10? Be behind? Would you rather be up 10? Or up 50? Or down 10 <laughs> with Brock having the ball? Oh, God. Up, Br- up 10. Brock's the dude now. Up 10. But there's a certain amount of fatalism yeah. when you're up 10 and Pat has the ball. There's that feeling of PTSD. I get it. And here we go again. As opposed to... You're down 10 with Brock having the ball? Yeah, but that's crazy to say I want to be down double digits in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Like, just simple math tells well, let's you. Let's just say start of the fourth. But you have a way, way better chance of winning that game if you're up 10 as opposed but to down 10. you got big sock Brock, who all he does is come back from behind, <laughs> as opposed to, oh, you're going to watch Mahomes do that to you again? Do no. that to me one more time? No, we're going to get him this time. They're going to throw the flag on the holding this time. I'm they proud of my line to Cheryl Bosa. throw the flag. It's pretty good. It yeah. was good. I'm still beaming over here. <laughs> the Chiefs held Bosa more than Cheryl did when he was a baby. They did. They did. And he cried both times. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Live Bosa. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I know that people will, um, uh, yeah, at least I hope not. I hope that doesn't end up making the rounds that Nick wanted the Chiefs. Like, in our social media age, it might. This might already be at the Kansas City Star. I have no idea. Totally. But uh, the idea that he wants... Or the uh, Baltimore... Uh, uh, Baltimore Sun. Uh, yeah, I hope is. we don't put that on social. Uh, boy, I hope we don't. Yeah, you already you did, totally Lucas. totally did, didn't you? You won't. God. Hope Lucas there's no link attached to it. No one clicks a, on it, huh? You're yeah. such a bleep starter. You're such I a bleep starter. I hope he didn't include me, because I would retweet that. Because, <laughs> come on, that's... That's bulletin, although well, but hold on a it's, re- it's rear view mirror bulletin no, board but it's material. also, if you're Nick Bosa, understand what the opposite answer is. Would you want to chase Lamar Jackson around? I'd rather not. He's ah, pretty speedy. It's so Trumpian. I know. I know that Mahomes. Your boss is too Kerminian. So what? That's, you know, much more vanilla. Anyway. Mine's a little bit more uh, <laughs> orange. I mean... I no, get, come on. Thank you. <laughs> Mahomes is the best. But if I'm a D lineman, I don't want to chase Lamar. He's the fastest quarterback in the history of ever. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Lamar Jackson. That feels annoying as a, as a pass rusher. Right. I'm going to beat my guy, and then this slippery dude is flying around doing backflips and running away from me. No, thanks. And Mahomes isn't annoying at all. I Mahomes mean, you is... grab him, and you pull him down, and next thing you know, whoop. I know. He throws it around his body, and the Travis back. Kelsey's waving to Taylor. Exactly. I know. No, they're both phenomenal. Equally annoying in uh, different ways. But uh, harder to catch easily, Mahomes or Lamar. It's Lamar. Whose throws are easier to catch as a defense? Patrick's. But if I'm a pass no, Lamar's. rusher. Lamar's. As a defense. Oh, as a defense. Lamar's going to give you a no, couple. No, but I, as a pass rusher, I want someone who might be there when I get there. But when I get there, he's already thrown it. It's tremendous. <laughs> it really upsets you. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll take a 10-point lead, and I'll handle it. I handle it. No, we made a ten point deficit. Are you kidding You're me? You're turning on your guy. What are you talking about? Give I'm me, on... give me Brock with the rock. Give me the lead. Give me the. You're playing well for three and a half quarters. You can do it. 
Give me Brock Just Purdy. Put your ball into it. Give me the Brock Purdy comeback story one more time. Oh, God. As opposed to the inevitability oh, of Mahomes carving you up again. He's not going to carve you up. That's not the offense. He gave up this 21 year. unanswered. Yeah, they had Tyreek Hill. He had people who could run. They've got Rushy Rice. And Rice is Stop. open at the 20. Stop. Stop. He's cutting at the 15. Who are you? He's maneuvering at the 10. <laughs> He's wriggled free at the 5. It's a two-yard gain for Rasheed Rice. I mean, second and eight. You're Bosa, my Bosa. Put him aside. You're Kevin Harlan. <laughs> and I said this to him off the air. Right Randy. between the eyes. It just is so good. Uh-oh. I mean, it's a 5. <laughs> and you know I am uh, hesitant to praise <laughs> For anything, it's a hesitation. Number That's five. a dollar. It is a five. Uh, it's really cha-ching! good. It's a hesitation sensation. It's the inf- it's the inflection. <laughs> it's the tempo. It's the graveliness. You've got it all, kid. Uh, you've got it all. All over. Um, yeah, that's the Jets, by the way. Oh my gosh! Look good at you. Yeah. yeah, I used to man. Let's I have a cassette tape for stay that. Stay on song. topic. <laughs> Win the big days. That was a cassette that I had, dude. Trust me. Not a CD. A cassette. I hate to come over the top. But I saw him in concert. Uh, oh God! I, yeah. Now that one works, Grandy. Uh, what you did to me in the crossover was you wrong. Saw the Jets in concert. Of course, that's amazing, 80s, bro. That's amazing. That's what we did. People, I wore lime green. <laughs> People are like, Vinny Testaverde was the lead singer. What are you even talking about? Um, that's a strong concert. Yeah, sorry. That's a strong. Yeah. I saw Whitney. I didn't see the Jets. I saw Cool in the Gang. I saw Millie and Vanilli. <laughs> Trust me. I mean. But did you? Or was oh, yeah, it just yeah. holograms and somebody else was singing? It was the Summer Jam down at uh, oh, at Shoreline. I love Summer Jam. Doing every year. I told you the Summer Jam story I had with the guy next to me on the lawn at Shoreline was throwing skateboard yeah, wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down at the people who had seats. That's what we did back then. I'm like, <laughs> what, bro, you realize this could turn into murder. Like, this, you like you might get charged with murder. Murder was the case that oh they gave God. me. Murder, she wrote. Um, all right. Do we have time? Yeah, Jeremy and Oakley. What's going on here? Sorry, on, Randy. Jeremy, Sorry, go man. ahead. What's up, Jeremy? What are you doing? Uh, uh, I'm currently delivering mail on this wet afternoon. Oh, my gosh. Hang in there, Jeremy. I hope you got a Sherpa or something. Oh, no, I'm, I'm all geared up. This is not my first rodeo. I'm good. Okay. Um, but uh, you guys have been discussing all week about and hearing other listeners' stories about, you know, changing the energy and what do they do and to yeah. flip the switch at halftime and everything. And, and the only thing I can think of is that episode, and I don't know if you've seen it, but the episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Hal, the dad played by Brian Cranston, uh, is bowling a perfect game and with each frame that goes by, uh, different things happen and he tells everyone to do exactly the same thing they did as he's rolling the ball. And I don't know if you've seen it, it's hilarious, go find the clip on YouTube, but <laughs> I didn't do much to change the energy. I just took my hat off because I was honestly down in the dumps and I thought we were going to lose. That's all it takes, Jeremy. That's all it takes. Uh, you know, that's a rally cap or lack thereof. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the beauty of these superstitions is um, whatever you think worked, did that's it that's it there's no wrong answer if you did something different or even if something different just happened to your room like me going to pick up my daughter was not something where i'm like i'm going to pick up my daughter to change the energy no it was just she called and was like can i come over right i'm like yes and then she was there and i'm like oh you changed the energy so after the fact, yeah, completely. You never know. You never know what is going to work or what you feel like works. But to come to the Super Bowl and you may have to try something totally different. You may have to go take her somewhere and drop her off this oh, time. God. Uh, we're presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Uh, more of your calls coming up. Oh, and uh, this guy Steve Kerr is going to hop on the program in 18 minutes. Willard and Dibs. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Steve, did we lose you? Hey, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm here. Hey, Dub Nation, it's Steve Kerr. You're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. You'll be listening to Steve Kerr in 11 minutes. Um, his weekly visit with us is on tap, uh, like your favorite brew. All right, it is a Warrior Wednesday brought to you by Valley Heating, Cooling, Electrical, and Solar. Locally and family owned in the home of old-fashioned service for all your home comfort needs since 1962. Check them out at valleyheating.com. Yeah, Steve Kerr coming up. We want to let you hear some of what some of the Warriors had to say about the 49ers when the 49ers went to go see the Warriors. So we'll do that coming up in a little bit. That's a fun That's a fun night. Like if you were a fan and you went to the Warrior game last night, you got treated to a win. But there was the secondary show, which I feel was almost as good. Right. But like every time out in the first quarter, another 49er was making his entrance down on the floor. And it's pretty fun to see NFL players next to NBA players. Like, for example, Draymond Green, who's 6'5", maybe 6'6", maybe 6'4", whatever. He's not the biggest guy out there. And then you see him stand next to Ayuk and Debo, and you go, oh, my God, Debo's tiny. Yeah. He's tiny, but he's not really tiny. No. He's probably six foot, maybe 5'11", whatever the height is. But then you see Trent Williams also courtside. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> not tiny. No, no, that's a big Jeez. guy. Yeah. That's a big guy. They all got custom jerseys. Pretty cool. Suite down below, George Kittle making a big entrance with the Looney jersey. Not the one that was gifted to him, his own. Yeah. And he was there with his wife, Claire. And uh, they just have such a presence. So that one just stopped the game when the two of them walked in. Right. Doesn't matter what section you're in. You're like, oh, that's George. And he comes in with, uh, you know, a couple of minutes gone by in the first quarter. And, you know, it's a grand entrance. And the uh, the PA announcer, who is our coworker, yes, Matt indeed. Pittman, gave him a big, growling, uh, <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> NFC champions. And he does it so well. And it's like, man, that is so cool. Yeah, that Would have been fun to be there for that. That was fun last night. Absolutely. We'll talk to Steve Kerr about that and so much more. But let's keep talking to you first. Linda in Stockton here on Willard and Dibs. Hi, Linda. <clears throat> Linda, you there? Go on. Oh, Linda. Burr, 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 burr. Oh. Uh, Jordan in Fremont. Hi, Jordan. What are you doing? Hey, what's up, man? What's hey, up? Dibs, been listening since the beginning. Uh, Willard, great, great caller. Um, so, hey, my <laughs> biggest call is that, oh, my God. Hey. Wow, that went, that was really weird. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Did anybody do that? No. I didn't do I that. I didn't do anything. He called me a caller, but I didn't do that. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, sure. You're a great radio caller. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I'm a carnival barker or something like that. I ran a guy last week when I was in your seat. He came at me once. I let it go. He came at me what a second did, time. What did he say? I can't remember, but it was just annoying. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care. I got a few rules on social media. You will only get blocked if you get like racist, sexist, or unreasonably political. There's so much political stuff out there right now yeah. that you could be like, wow, I thought the defense played well in the third quarter. And they'll be like, okay, woke mob. You're like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking? What are you doing? So, like, that's it. But, but yeah, come on, the say whatever you want. Call me a carnival barker. That's fine. Sure. What do you want to get for it? No. Oh, it's somebody uh, was saying say? how uh, oh, yeah, you were you were serving Radnich coffee. That's the only reason why you're here. You're his coffee boy. <laughs> Did you ever get him coffee? No. I got Did another you? guy coffee in this market. <laughs> and, yes. I and I actually mentioned that. And uh, it wasn't Radnich. And he wasn't a coffee drinker. I've so. gotten you coffee before. 
Yeah, yeah. I've, I've offered. You're a good guy. You usually say no thanks. Not a big coffee guy. I get Lucas coffee a lot. Yeah. I we go like cup this, in the morning, maybe. Maybe not a lot, but yeah, it's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, right? Yeah. Because we like the same foofy coffee drinks. It's nice. Yeah. And you're a good guy like that. Well, but yeah, try. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Walter and Pinole. Hi, Walter. What are you doing? Hey, fellas. Uh, I think maybe I'm off topic. I, I started listening kind of late, uh, about 13 minutes ago, but I heard someone say something about superstition. And I know you guys were talking about that uh, Tuesday and Monday, so I kind of wanted to share. Yeah, no, fire away. Uh, what'd you do? What'd you do to change the energy on Sunday? Well, it wasn't what I did. So the past two NFC Championship games, uh, my father-in-law uh, stopped by, and obviously, you know, we lost both games. Um, <laughs> this past Sunday, I'm hanging out with my wife, and I'm thinking it's just me and the wife. You know, we're going to watch the game. The, the kids are playing Roblox in the, in the room somewhere. And uh, my father-in-law shows up. And, uh, yeah, sh sure enough, right, first half, losing. Halftime, he says, well, I got to go to AutoZone. And he takes off, and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. That's kind of... <laughs> So he got in the zone, auto zone, and then you got in the zone with the 49ers. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't quite follow the bit there. That wasn't that good. That's right. Yeah. Wasn't that funny. Yeah. Wasn't anywhere near like you're both a joker. Or Appreciate like it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Look, again, I'm going to say the same thing. Whatever you think changed the energy, you're right. That's it. You're right. It worked. Yeah, Hunter Pence is right. Him losing his voice won the game. Um, Walter is right. His father-in-law leaving won the game. For you, your mother-in-law arriving, yeah. my daughter arriving, we're right. Whatever it is, that's what it is. And you, but my, you don't have to do it again. You may I have to do it again. But I don't. I think that's a replication sensation. I'm not into that. Right. I don't think you try to. Don't try to replicate it. Because you can't. It's a totally different day and a totally different game in a totally different city against a totally different opponent. It just has got its own deal. You got to be ready to change the energy again. Exactly. So you may have to do it again, but you may have to do it in a different way. Or you go back to your, your tried and true if it was a jersey that you were wearing and you don't start with it on Sunday and the Super Bowl. You may have to go to it mid-game or you may have to try something else to change that energy. You may have to throw it away. I don't know. Right. Uh, Nelson in San Jose. Hi, Nelson. What are you doing? Uh, sitting in traffic on 101. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So I got a nice story kind of about uh, changing the game. And uh, so I was at the game on Sunday um, sitting in uh, in Mr. John Moyer's suite. Whoop. And halftime uh, starts and Chris Davis walks in with his wife and his daughter. He walks in at the start of third quarter. We get that fumble recovery, go down score. He sits in that suite for the rest of the game. And the game just never turned around for Detroit. He was in it. He was great. He talked to everybody. And he did not act like he was better than anybody. He was just great. So now you need to find him again for the Super Bowl. Right. Nelson. I hope he's listening. And if he can contact John Moyer, and he'll find him a place in Las Vegas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Love it, Nelson. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we, we've sort of circled back into the, uh, the energy changing realm. We've been talking all afternoon about 49er fan experiences based on when you were born and how so many of us have the foundation of championships and therefore maybe attack things now in a way that's a little bit less intense than those of you who are under 40 years old who sort of feel like or actually have not ever seen the 49ers win a Super Bowl before. What's really interesting to me is the way that may shape the way we view certain dignitaries who are a part of all this. I really am interested to, to sort of explore 
how that affects the way someone views Kyle Shanahan. I think he's fantastic. I've defended him all over the place. I think it's odd that I need to defend him. He's built an incredible program, and he dances in the Final Four almost every year for the 49ers and has done so, in the opinion of many, without a good quarterback. So that is just wild. It's wild across the board. But I also understand that I've got a foundation of the Niners have won championships. And for those who've never seen that before, the near misses of Kyle Shanahan actually might trigger something as opposed to being considered a good thing. I guess, but if you're also younger and you don't remember Bill Walsh and George Seifert, and maybe you remember a little bit of Steve Mariucci, what you do know is all those years of Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary and Erickson and Chip Kelly and Tom Sula and the failures. And yeah, you know about Harbaugh and those close calls, but that was four years and out. And now Shanahan has had more prolonged success than Harbaugh had. And he's been to a Super Bowl like Harbaugh had. Now he's going to a second. So I don't know why you would feel differently as a younger fan than you would as an older fan in that way. Uh, one of the things we're going to start off with with Steve Kerr is the experience of having all those 49ers in the building yesterday. It led to this also, Draymond Green post game with Bonte and the crew. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.